Have you ever seen the Dos Equis commercial? The guy with the beard, the guy, you know, looking great and everything. Who knows what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Because I guarantee you that if you are a fan of James Bond, that this is the next evolution. I'm willing to bet that you also love this guy, wanted to emulate and be this guy too. And who can blame you? Because if you heard some of the things that, that they say about him, you're like, damn. Like for example, one thing that they say is that if he mispronounced your name, you will be compelled to change it. Or another one where he says that he has won the Lifetime Achievement Award twice. Figure that out. Or this one, which mosquitoes refuse to bite him simply out of respect. Like what, like, like who does that? Like who do you have to be to do that? Like imagine th that they say that about you. Like I don't know about you, but that's how my, my, my brain goes. Now, I feel like the average guy hears these things and see these things and says, all right, you know, that's cool. That's a, that's a fantasy. It'd be nice to be like that. But me, but you, us red velvet men here. No, no, no. We don't think like that. We see that and go, how can I do that? We see that not as a fantasy, but as a roadmap, a destination, a place that we can actually achieve. And that is what we're going to talk about on today's episode. On this episode of the Red Velvet Podcast, I'm going to talk about the secrets to becoming the most interesting man in the world. Let's get into it. <music> Welcome back to the Red Velvet Podcast. I'm your host, Pablo Rosario. Pleasure to be back here with you. I'm super excited about this new wave that we're on. And I'm excited in general. I know last time I was like in a little bit of a loop, but the thing is about me is just I'm just programmed not to stop. Like I will feel bad, but it, it, I, I just won't quit. I'll complain, I'll feel crappy, and I'll have all these negative thoughts. But just the idea of me stopping goes completely against my character. And so what I've come to find is that when you just keep going, when you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, doesn't matter how ugly, doesn't matter how frustrated you are, that as long as you keep moving, things will turn around. You will get out of the storm. And for me, it feels like things are picking up. But that is not why I am super excited. The reason why I'm excited is because we have hit episode 50, 50, 50 episodes of the Red Velvet Podcast. I'm super excited. I, I, I am, I'm super excited and because, well, like 50 episodes, like, yo, we're deep into it. Like, this isn't a fluke. For me, it's important because I just proved to myself that it's not a one and done thing. I'm not like everybody else who quits. I'm someone that has made it. Someone has continued to push forward. And I'm super proud of that myself. And so, you know, that's why the idea of 5-0 is crazy. But what blows my mind even more is you. It's you and everyone else that has been listening. Because of you, this has become what it is. We've made it to episode 50. And the extent of my gratitude can hardly be explained. Like I was looking at my stats the other day as I was preparing for this episode. And I saw that I had a bunch of different countries, people from different countries listening in and it blew my mind. And so real quick, before we even get into it, I want to specifically shout out these countries. So if you are in one of these countries, I'm talking specifically to you. I'm thanking you personally for listening to the Red Velvet podcast, for supporting, for being part of the Red Velvet community, being you and making this right enjoyable. And so I want to give my quick shout outs to my people from Australia, the United Kingdom, 
Germany, India, Denmark, Ghana, Finland, Saudi Arabia, Netherlands, Mexico, Greece, Italy, Turkey, Romania, Peru, Japan, and of course, the USA. Like To see these countries and to think that there is someone on this planet that is listening and that finds what we are talking about here interesting, I'm extremely humbled. I'm extremely humbled and I'm extremely grateful. So to you, my good friend, I say thank you. And I'm excited to do another 50, another 100 more episodes. And so let's, let's get back into what we're talking about here. Let's get into it, which is talking about the most interesting man in the world. Now, here's what people go wrong about it. When, when we try to be the most interesting man in the world, like what do people talk, think about? They think about fancy dinner parties. They think about being extroverted. They think about, hey, let me be the man. But the truth of the matter is that's all fake. That approach, that idea comes from the ego, from the, from the need, the want to, to be important, to have status, be the thing that covers up their insecurity. That is what people go after. So when you see guys out there promoting this lifestyle, like, oh, you got to have the bottles. You got to have the women. You got to have all these things and status is what, bro, you have a hole that you're trying to fill because take away that status. Who are you? Do you have any value to offer to people? Uh, You know, is, is, are you still the same guy without that? Can you get it again? Can you still have status without those things? Those are the questions that I would ask someone. And so you know, the, 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 my, one of my main beefs with people trying to be the most interesting man in the world is that they're doing it for ego. They're doing it to fill that hole that they have. And what that causes people to do is that it causes people to start doing desperate shit. Desperate and, and, and in my mind, just like whack, like, that's stuff I can't respect. So things like, let me rent these cars. Let me actually hire these models to make myself look good. And then the, 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 the worst part about it, let's even get deeper, what ends up happening is that they end up developing transactional relationships. Now, I know that there's some guys out there, especially like in the manosphere, I guess I'm in it, I don't know, but that would say that, yes, you know, each person in the party has to get something from the relationship. That's understandable. I mean, you don't want to get into a relationship where you're the only one giving, but if the thing that you're giving and getting is something superficial, like status, then it's a transaction. Then you're not really, it's not really a relationship where you're connected with a person, you're in a relationship with the status, you're in a relationship with her beauty. You get what I'm saying? And once those things go away, the relationship is gone. And so that's my first beef with it. And my second beef with it, my other beef with it, is that what's promoted out there, it makes it seem like there's only one way to be the most interesting man. As if, as if the only way to be that guy and live that life where people are around you, where women are, are hanging on your every word, the only way to do that is by being extroverted, by being loud. But not everyone's like that. There are guys out there, myself included, that by nature, we're introverted. Maybe we don't like being the center of attention like that. Maybe we don't like being high energy and being rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, everybody look at me. Like maybe that's not our style and maybe that's not your style. And the problem is that society and everything is making us believe that that is the only way to achieve that. 
Whereas I disagree. You don't have to be like that in order to be the most interesting man. I have a client of mine, he used to live in Dallas and his biggest breakthrough, it came from realizing that you do not have to be loud, extroverted or alpha in order to get women, in order to be the most interesting man in the room. You can use your natural tendencies to, 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 to impact, to influence and to connect and seduce and attract people but using and leveraging your own skill set, using and leveraging your own natural personality. I told him, yo, while other people are hooping and dancing, you're the silent assassin. You're the one who's meeting people behind the scenes, infecting people with your personality one by one. And you're and by the end of the night, you would have affected the whole room with your personality without anyone even noticing. That's the superpower. And so the whole idea of just like, yo, you gotta be this big, you know, extroverted, loud, like, loud guy, I'm not with it. I'm not with it. So that was my beef with it. And so that's why I wanted to do this episode because I wanted to give, you know, what, what I believe are the real secrets to be the most interesting man. And these secrets, they, well, first they came just from my experiences of going out, teaching clients, and as well as studying the most interesting man commercials. Actually, this past weekend with my men's group, the Red Velvet group, like these, these are my guys. So we're doing, this year's a year of the most interesting man, like I mentioned before. Every year we have a theme. And what we did is that we studied all of the most interesting man commercials. We did it to see what the themes were, what were some of the hitting messages, so what are the things that we can pick up and model after. And everyone got a couple different things, but what I have here in my notes is that there is, what is this? One, two, three, I wanna say three, three big things, three big things that you can do to become the most interesting man that do not require you to go out to bars, clubs to be this loud extroverted guy or anything like that with these three things you can leverage your personality and be well known wherever you're at to be the guy where people go oh look it's john he's coming through john hey come sit at this table hey let me invite you over to to, to this party and i'm telling you the things i just said actually do happen i'm here in a small town in mexico and i'm telling you these people don't know me i'm i'm, I'm not from here and yet I've been invited to company parties that I'm not even a part of. I've had people offer to drive me and my family somewhere to look us out and do favors for us. I, we used to have our car parked in a complex. We no longer lived that because of the relationships we built, because of what happened. And now, like when my family comes into town, when friends come into town and we're driving by, they notice how people go, hey, Pablo, hey, what's going on? They're waving. And like, Pablo, how do you do this? Well, I'm about to show this, how you can replicate the same thing in your town. So let's get into it. So the very first thing, the very first secret to becoming the most interesting man is essentially asking yourself, how can I make this fun? That's all you gotta do. Whatever it is you're doing, how can I make this fun? How can I make this interesting? How can I make this exciting? You see, you know, you know, the, 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 the reason why you wanna ask yourself is simply this, is because everybody lives on autopilot. Like the opposite of being the most interesting man is being the most boring man, the most common man. And the most common people, they live on autopilot. They go about life and they do things, 
just just to go through the motions. Whereas the people that tends to stand out, the people that we gravitate to, they tend to be the people who are having the most fun, who are the most exciting in life. Now, let me let me allow me to nerd out a little bit here too. Now, this does not mean going on cross-country international adventures every weekend. No, I'm talking about listen, you know, applying this to real life where you can make a random Tuesday fun. We can make a random trip to the grocery store fun and exciting. And it's these moments, this ability that allows you to take everyday situations and make a Tuesday feel like a Friday, make a Wednesday feel like a Saturday night. And it doesn't matter where you are, it's the ability to create fun that makes you interesting. Now, like I said, what most people do, they go on autopilot. And what does this do? It makes you mundane. It makes you boring. It makes you not want to, not, not, not want to be someone people want to hang around. And in, you know, when you think about it, like no woman wants to date a guy like that. And now that I think about it, the more I think about it, I would even argue that relationships fall down because the guy falls into this category. Because when they first went out, it was lights, camera, action, flowers. Let me whisk you away and do the exciting things. Fast forward six months later, eight months later, shit, two years later, what's he doing? Let's watch Netflix. Let's order in. No, I'm just gonna play video games. Like, no, like he stopped making everyday fun. And so you wonder why she gets upset. You wonder why she says, hey, how come you don't take me out? You changed. Because you have, bro. If that's the case, you have. And I get it. I understand that, you know, Pablo, you know, I can't keep this up forever. Well, I'm not telling you to keep this up forever because that indicates that you're performing a trick. You're just doing something that's not really you. So of course it's gonna take more energy. That's why I want you to start asking the question, well, how can I make this fun? It doesn't matter if you are just taking out the trash. It doesn't matter if you're going to work in a meeting. It doesn't matter if you're driving in a car. Make a habit of just continually asking yourself that question and seeing, well, how can I make this fun in the littlest way? And when you're in the habit of doing that, you're gonna find that you don't have to have energy to make things exciting all the time because this is just the way you are. And it comes from asking yourself that question. And when you do it enough time, it becomes a habit and it becomes who you are. You get what I'm saying? Like, let me give you an example. Like, back when I was in, in LA and I used to work for Neil Strauss, uh, we had this annual trip for our clients. We put on an annual trip every year where we take them on some sort of adventure. Now, uh, during this trip, we had to drive from Reno to Tahoe, which maybe was about a two and a half hour drive something like that. And so, but here's the thing. So to get from Reno to Tahoe, we had to drive. Now, the way that I was taught to think was, well, how can I even make the drive fun? Because a two and a half hour drive, it can be okay, you know, you listen to music, hang out with your friends, but is that really like super memorable? No, not really. The way you make it memorable, again, is by asking yourself that question. How can I make it fun? How can I make it interesting? So this is what we did. We gave them spray paint. We gave them little weird trinkets from, sex, from a sex shop, and we allowed them to design the cars that they were driving. We bought these cars off Craigslist, so it was like, whatever, like you can mess them up if you want. But the idea was like, hey, you're allowed to design them however we want, however you want, should I say. And what this did, this gave them just the freedom to make the process of getting from point A to point B, we made that fun for them. 
You get what I'm saying? And so right off the bat, how can you do that in your relationships, in your everyday things? Let's say you're driving your date from point A to point B. How can you make that ride interesting? How can you make that ride fun? Maybe you play Where's Waldo, maybe you play I Spy, maybe you do karaoke or guess the song, whatever type of game you want. But even taking those little things and asking yourself that question can automatically make you interesting. Let's get into number two, which is use your special abilities to help others. Or rather, better said, use your special ability and give it to others. What do I mean by that? I mean that Every one of us, we have some sort of special ability. I mean that either we have, there's something physical that we can do, like for example, playing sports, lifting weights, uh, break dancing. There is something talent wise that we, that we can do very well. So some people can sing really well. Some people like myself, magic is a talent. That's one thing there. Another thing is knowledge. And not about knowing a lot about particular subjects. Like for me, you know, psychology is my thing. I love psychology. And so I love talking about it. And so, you know, it's anything that you can do physically, a talent of yours or uh, knowledge that you know, that you know a lot about, that comes fairly easy to you and that you're passionate about and giving it to other people in service of them. Enhance their experience with them. Here's a mistake that a lot of people make, what a lot of people do wrong, and which is why uh, nerds don't get women uh, and or geeks, whatever. I know there's a distinction. There's a distinction, but hear me out here because I consider myself a little bit of a nerd as well. If you if you give me the right topic, I, I get nerds on on Batman and stuff. But the reason why sometimes guys who are really passionate about things that like anime, Pokemon, things like that, the reason why they have trouble getting women is because when they talk about those things that they're passionate about, they're doing it for them. They get excited about it and they talk to make themselves feel good. They talk without considering the other person and without considering that either A, this person doesn't know anything about it and B, it might not be their passion. And so you have to think about it in a conversation. And by the way, a conversation is an equal exchange where we are both enjoying ourselves. Now, if I'm here just talking about Batman the whole time, this person doesn't care about Batman at all, in that moment, I'm the only one enjoying the conversation. I'm the only one getting something from it. You always want to operate from the place of we both get something from it. That's how you become a master conversationalist. To take it to the next level and be even more interesting, what you wanna do is take what you're passionate about, what you know, what you're good at, and give it to the other person. Reason why this works for a number of reasons is because number one, your special ability, whatever it is, like it, in the name, it's special. So the thing that you're giving to them, it's not average. It's not like, well, here's a piece of candy or hey, here's the fun fact of the day. It's no, like you're giving them something above average. People love receiving stuff that's above average. It's a difference between getting an average gift and like something really special. Second thing is, is that you are using it to make them feel good. They are now getting something out of it. And the way people naturally think, and, and I don't wanna say it's a bad thing because it's just the way humans operate. I mean, if you check it, I guarantee you think like this too. Essentially in any situation, we're all thinking, what am I getting out of this? How does this benefit me? That's just the way humans think. 
And I mean, like I, like I imagine you wouldn't listen to this podcast if you weren't getting anything out of it. So it's the same thing in conversation with people you're talking with, whether that is your partner, your boss, your girlfriend, your date, your friend, brother, sister. Think about, okay, what are they getting out of this? And if you have that point of view and constantly like, all right, well, can I give them something that they walk away with? whether that is excitement, whether that's learning something, whether they're like, wow, this person made my day, you're always gonna be of value to other people. And what makes you interesting is when you use your special ability to do it. Because it's one thing to, for example, to compliment someone. Like I'll give you an example, right? It's one thing to compliment someone, say like, oh, that's a really pretty dress that you have on. Or, you know, I love the way your earrings match your shoes. That's one way to do it, which is a nice way to compliment people. Now for myself, I know psychology, that's, that's my thing, that's my bag. So what I would do is I would go, hey, I found it really interesting that your shoes match your earrings. You know, and I got a psychology background, and what she says about people is that people that have that level of detail, they can perceive things that the average person can. It's like a superpower, like you see the world in a microscope and notice things that no one else does, like is that true? And then they'll be like, wow, this person really understands me. Wow, this person just taught me something about myself and made me feel better about myself. I thought I was paranoid and anxious when the truth is I have a superpower. Like that is the gift that I gave them. And so what you wanna do is with your special ability, whatever that is, identify what it is and use it to make others feel good. Give it to them, enhance their experience so they can walk away and when they ask a question, well, what did I get out of that? They have an answer. You feel me? And let's get to the last part, which is connecting with their shared humanity. Let me break that down, connecting with the shared humanity. And this is, this is a little bit deep and philosophical one, but once you get it, you're gonna see that it's pretty easy to make friends everywhere you go. And because one thing that I noticed, noticed with the most interesting man is that he's constantly somewhere. He's constantly hanging out with the locals, whether he's at some tribe in the jungle or he's with royalty in Moscow. He's always just somewhere hanging out with people and he's always connecting with them. No matter where he goes, he's welcomed in. And I would say the secret to that is not his charm or anything like that, though they do play a part. I would say that the secret is his ability to connect with their shared humanity. And what I mean by that, like what is shared humanity? Like what does that mean? It means bonding over common human experiences. Because no matter where you go, no matter what country you're in, no matter what culture you go into, every human being at the core, we all have the same fears. We all have the same desires. We all have the same you know, needs. And once you understand what they are, and you're able to speak to them and connect with people on those things, you're gonna connect better than anyone has ever connected before. And on top of that, half the time, you won't even need to know the language. Like you'll just be welcomed in because, because you're gonna see someone and be like, wow, they're just like me. Me and this guy, like we, we, we're, we're both humans even though we're different. And the mistake that a lot of people make when it comes to shared humanity is that they don't see it. Everyone see everyone else as different. And that view is what causes you to feel separate. That's what causes you to feel isolated and to feel like you're on the outside. It's because you look at other people and see them as different and I'm different. There's nothing in common between us. But like I said, 
That just isolates you. That just makes the world a lonely place. That turns it into you versus them. For me, I don't see me versus anybody else. Everybody I see is just a wingman in waiting. I'm about to be friends with him. This is about to be my future wingman. I'm about to make so many friends in here. The way I think about it, the world is my playground and everyone in it is my friend that I get to have fun with. That's a great ass perspective. I gotta write that down, it's a bar. But you know, for you, like how, how, how can you do it? How can you get this perspective? Because I know this may come easy to some guys and it may not. And I would say it's this, it's first, number one, is to realize that every human being has the same fears, needs, wants, and desires. And if I were you, just take a minute to think about what that is. I mean, every person, they have a need to be loved. They have a need to be seen. They have, you know, everybody wants to experience companionship. Everybody wants to feel safe. Everybody like wants food and, and everybody, and what I've seen across cultures, they love the moment of breaking bread with people close to you. That's why offering another guy a drink in any part of the world, from my knowledge, I still have some more traveling to do, but in my experience, in the places that I've traveled, offering a guy another drink is a shared experience. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a stretching of the hand and connecting to humanity. Like, listen, I don't know you, but this is my peace offering where we can break bread together. That's what I'm talking about. And so it's understanding what those needs are. And then secondly, it's taking off the mask. Because once we see other people, we put up this, you know, bravado thing, like, no, you want to take off the mask. Once you take off the mask, it allows other people to take off the mask and allow your vulnerability to be seen. Meaning, if you're scared, allow yourself to be seen scared. I mean, if you're embarrassed, allow yourself to be seen embarrassed. I know as men, we don't like to do that, but I think the secret here is allowing yourself to be seen as you are. You get what I'm saying? Like, here's an example of what I mean. I remember being in LA and I got a lot of stories in LA, but I was in a bar and I was just walking around, you know, making my rounds, talking to people when there was a Justin Bieber song playing. And it was like, it was the one that goes, uh, sorry, I, I can't sing, but anyway, look it up, it's called Sorry. But as I'm walking, I make eye contact with a guy and he and I were singing the words of his song while looking at each other, making eye contact. Now in that moment, it, yes, it's a little weird because you have two grown men singing a Justin Bieber song technically at each other because we made that eye contact. Now instead of just turning away, not paying any mind, I looked at him, he looked at me, and we smiled and shrugged. And in that nod, we, we indirectly said to each other, not gonna lie, this song goes hard. It is Justin Bieber, but this song's good. I'm just saying. And in that we had that moment of shared humanity. And without even talking to the guy, I made a new friend. I knew that like my rapport with him was through the roof. I didn't have to go up to him and go, hey, so where you're from? No, that ice was already broken because we had that moment of shared humanity, which is, by the way, that moment that we shared was the, the part where we both took down our manly masculine masks and we allowed ourselves to be seen singing a Justin Bieber song, which typically, you know, ladies normally go hard for. But that's what we did and that's what allowed us to connect. And so all in all, these three things, I believe that when you use them and implement them, you become the real most interesting man in the world. Not the guy who's like, oh my God, I'm at parties and it's like, no, 
that's a highlight reel. That's not real life. Because we got jobs. After a while, partying gets tiring. And, uh, you know, after a while, you're just like, yo, I just want to chill. Trust me, because I've been there before. That shit's tiring. But the more fulfilling thing that I found and that also my clients have found is experiencing and being the most interesting man in your everyday life. Is being the mayor in your town that when you go into work, people are saying hi to you left and right. They're getting you coffee. When you go out at restaurants to go, oh, hey, Mr. Johnson, good to see you again. Hey, come back. I got a table for you. Hey, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Here's a free dessert for you and your date. Like that is a key to it. And the way you do that, again, you don't have to be extroverted. You just have to do these three things, which is one, ask yourself, how can I make this fun and exciting? Number two, find your special ability and give it to people. And number three, connect with shared humanity. Now, there are more, you know, I'm sure there are more little secrets that, you know, to, to being the most interesting man. And as the year goes on, I'll continue to share them with you. But if you want a great starting point, here it is. Use this, implement it in your everyday life. And the beautiful part is you can, you can do this now. Wherever you are, the next person you meet, Use one of these things. As a matter of fact, right now in the moment, you can use the first one, which is how can I make this fun? And I guarantee you, you do this on an everyday basis, your life will be different. People will respond to you differently. The world will look different. And before you know it, people will start saying hi to you. Women will start looking at you. People will start doing you favors. People will start inviting you places. You get what I'm saying? So I hope that was helpful. I hope that opened your eyes as far as being the most interesting man. And it gave you a little blueprint, a little hope that, hey, you can be that dude too. You can be that guy in the commercial and they could say these cool things about you. And so with that said, I uh, thank you so much for listening to the Red Velvet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Pablo J. Rosario. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay velvet out there. And I'll catch you on the next one. Later.